0: two men armed with hunting bows rode single file down the steeply sloping track towards the dark huddle of buildings on the plain below. They hunched into heavy clothing against a sharp wind that swept across the black and gray landscape of rock, evergreens, and sere grasses. Below them the black roofs of the town were a blot in a wintry plain, and beyond the plain a pewter ocean stretched toward a distant line where it melted into the murky grayness of low clouds. A highway ran along the shore. Behind the horsemen rose mountains, their tops hidden in gray vapor. The prospect was dismal. Most of the town straggled along the black line of the highway, which looked not unlike a dead snake with a large rat bulging in its middle. The rat bulge contained the tribunal and a small temple, surrounded by low, steep-roofed houses, the center of Neoetsu, capital of Echigo Province. This was the rough north country, won only recently from its barbaric inhabitants and not yet fully civilized. In the short summers, the plain between the mountains and the ocean was green with fields of rice, raimi, and beans, and the ocean dotted with fishing boats. Echigo was a fertile province, but now it prepared for the long winter, when a thick blanket of snow covered the land and men and beasts lived like bears inside their homes until the snow melted in the spring. The rider in front, a muscular man with a neatly trimmed graying beard and the sadness in his eyes that attracts women, looked out at the choppy sea and up at the roiling sky. The wind was bitterly cold. He called over his shoulder, "'Looks like snow. "'Smells like it, too,' His younger companion in the bearskin coat gave a shiver and pulled his handsome face back into his collar like a turtle. A string of birds dangled from either side of his shaggy pony's neck. Nothing like we expected, is it, Hito? His voice was muffled by the fur. Few things are. The master was sent here to set things right. It's another trap, I bet, grumbled the young man into his bearskin. His name was Tora, or Tiger. He had chosen it years ago when his birth name had become a problem. Fifteen years Hitomaro's junior, and from peasant stock, he had served their master longer and was closer to him. Hitomaro, Hito for short, had only joined them a few months ago in the capital, along with his friend Genba. How so? asked Hitomaro. Reminds me of Kazusa. He was meant to fail there, too but he was hot to succeed, sure would make his career. They sent him on a wild goose chase, hoping he'd screw up. He gave him a black eye instead. This time, his friends got him the assignment. Don't you believe it? This is much worse. They're letting him fill in for some prince who's taking his ease in the capital and raking in most of the income. Only this time, they made sure they tied both the master's hands behind his back so he couldn't defend himself and then they hobbled his feet so he couldn't get away. What gets me is he's all fired up again anyway. Then he'll succeed just like last time. With just the three of us? When the whole province is about to rise up in arms against him? You don't know that, and we are four. You forgot me. Amida, brother, that old man's never held a sword or a bow. Even her ladyship can at least ride a horse. Seme is smart. Stop complaining, Tora, and let's move on. We have to cook the birds tonight. Heaven help us, muttered Tora. I wish we could make Genba do it. He likes food. Hitomaro, who had reached level ground, urged his horse into a trot. He called back. Genba eats. He doesn't cook. Torah followed. If the truth were known, he was by nature an optimist, but he hid his confidence in hopes of impressing the older and more worldly wise he tomorrow with his experience. On the outskirts of the city they encountered a disturbance at the Mangy Hostel called the Inn of the Golden Carp. The place was, despite its fancy name, a mere collection of low hovels, the sort that serves bad food in skimpy portions but generous helpings of vermin. "'Wonder what's going on there?' Tora's face emerged from his bearskin as if he smelled excitement. Hitomaro spurred his horse, scattering the gaggle of people staring through the gate, and rode into the inn-yard. Tora followed, and so did the spectators. A constable in a patched brown jacket and dirty trousers met them. "'Nobody's allowed,' he cried, waving his arms. "'Disperse, by order of Judge Hisamatsu.'